Welcome, everyone, back to the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast. It's the first time in a while. It's me, Taylor. And me, Evan. And we're so glad to be back talking to you about all things preseason related to Fantasy Premier League. Um, Evan, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Taylor. Uh, it's been fun to, to really dig into some FPL lately. Um, I've missed it. I've missed football. And uh, yeah, I'm glad it's back. Uh, you, and, but I'm glad it's not fully back. You know, I, it's like enough to where I can enjoy it, but there's no pressure. So this is like the, this is like the best time of year, I think. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I found myself going back to or thinking about um, my, uh, you know, prospective team earlier than I thought I would. I thought it would, you know, I would maybe like stay away from it until the maybe last two weeks or something like that before yeah. the game starts. But I'm, I'm already fully back in thinking about thinking about players. <laughs> Can't uh, keep your hands off of it. Yeah. I can. I cannot. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, well, uh, so this is our podcast where we will kind of talk about, um, you know, some of the logistics of the league, um, but we'll also talk about some changes that have happened in the Premier League, some um, transfers, the new teams that are coming into the league, some predictions for the season, things like that. So we'll kind of cover quite a lot of different bases um, today, hopefully fairly quickly, um, so that we don't, um, you know... uh, uh, impose ourselves upon your time too much. Um, but to get us started off, Evan, I think we need to just make a, uh, a plea to people to go ahead and sign up for the leagues. That's right. Yeah. So uh, if you are unfamiliar or um, are new, um, yeah, we just wanted to kind of touch base with everyone and say there we have two leagues going this year, same as last year. We're not really changing anything up in that regard. Um, Taylor runs the, or at least has, um, uh, is the admin for runs, the, runs used very loosely. The admin, the, admin. the admin involved is the mod is renewing the league and I've already yeah. done that. So I'm good for the season. Yeah. So Taylor is the admin. If you have any questions uh, on that, if you <laughs> think somebody's cheating, yeah. Complaints. You want to put in a, a request, uh, you know, send if that you over turn, If you want to turn in Spicer's name for obscenity. Yeah, if you want to report an offensive name, yeah, please uh, discuss that with Taylor. Uh, But yeah, join the standard league. That's just the classic league where we all um, just pick whatever players we want and uh, get as many points as we can throughout the 38 game weeks and see who wins. Um, And then we've also got the zombie league again this year. Um, It's back from the grave. (laughs) It's uh, um, we've resurrected it. and so, yeah, this will be the second year we do the zombie league. I, I really enjoyed it because uh, you didn't have to do too much and you just kind of got to watch, see how, how things played out um, over the course of the year. Um, so the way that works is you'll just pick a team like you are doing right now with your standard one. Um, but for the zombie league, you just won't touch it for the rest of the season. Um, so you'll set your captains, set your, your bench in order how you want it, and then you will not touch it again. If you do you will, you will be smitten from the zombie league for one year. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. That's (laughs) the punishment. You can use your administrative (laughs) uh, powers. I know that, that. I know that there was, uh, some very, uh, there were some, there were some sketchy ethical things at towards the end of last season. If you remember with, 
uh, Rob taking over Jay's team or Jay's taking over Rob's team? It was team? Rob, uh, no, no, no. Rob, it, you know, it was Rob taking over Jay because Jay was at the bottom and Rob decided to hijack it. And let's wow. just say there will be no shenanigans in the zombie league. I'm the admin. I'm the moderator. If I see that you've cheated, you're out for one year, one season. So Let's just say uh, our faith in you all has been shaken. And, <laughs> and we're now staring down the barrel of maybe having... For that. Yeah, we're now staring down the barrel of maybe have to having to impose some sanctions on some teams. So uh, yep. don't be one of those teams. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, that pretty much covers it for the zombie league. I have uh, I will be sending the code in the discord by the time you hear this. Um, it will already be there. Um, so if you have if you played last year in either of the leagues, as soon as you make your team with that account, um, with the account you use for that league, um, you'll automatically be joined in the league. So if you were in the league last year, just make your team, you'll auto renew in it. If you want to join one of the leagues um, and you weren't in one or either of the leagues last year, you will need the code. It's very easy to join. Um, so uh, I guess, Taylor, you can, you've already posted the code for the standard one, right? Yeah, I think you could or also just post it as a link and yeah. people can just click through. Right, so I'll I'll do that and um, for the zombie league as well. So that way we have both of those in there, um, and we should be good to go. But uh, yeah, the more the more folks we have in the zombie league, I think the more fun it'll be because I think we'll see more we'll see more mo- more movement through the teams up and down the ranks, and so um, it'll be fun. And maybe uh, I kind of want to do something special with the zombie league this year. I don't really know what that means, but um, this is literally just me speaking off the cuff. But I would love to do some sort of like. A uh, special thing uh, for the zombie league, uh, just to get a little bit more focus on it, since it doesn't really do much throughout the season. I'd love to figure out a way we can maybe highlight that a little bit more this year. Um, Interesting, so. like a ghoulish trophy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It could literally be anything. If anybody has any ideas, let us know. Um, but definitely it, something pod related, like podcast related. Um, it, it's sort of like um, I wonder if we if we could do something similar to what they do in like the Tour de France, where the you know there are like lots of different mini competitions happening within the tour de france like in general and there's like the yellow jersey and then there's the green jersey and there's like the king of the mountain jersey maybe the zombie league leader can you know uh i don't know there can be something that like passes around to the different zombie league leaders Ooh, i don't yeah. know just spitball. i'm actually actually as you were talking i thought of something um that i think would be fun so um <laughs> I'll talk to you after the podcast. Okay. And see what you think. Uh, Perfect. It's, it's it's themed as well, so it's gonna be. I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so that takes care of that. Our next order of business is to just say a couple things logistically about um, how the league works, and in particular how chips are going to work this year, because we are dealing with something very atypical, which is a World Cup happening in November and December. Um, so just to say a little bit about how fantasy premier league works on a very basic level, um, in case you aren't aware, um, everyone will be picking their team from the same group of players. That is all players are available to all players. Um, all players in the league, um, the premier league are playable or available to all fantasy premier league players. There's no kind of like, um, uh, scarcity in that sense. We're not drafting from among um, the players. Um, and so leading up to the first game week, it's just a matter of you and the players you like in the league, basically. So you don't have to worry about who other players are picking 
Um, you don't have to worry about any of that. Um, so your job going into game week one as a new player is just to select uh, how many is, it? I guess, 15 mm-hmm. players, 11 starters and four substitutes um, who you think will succeed. And that is, you know, get points, score goals, keep clean sheets, these kinds of things perform well during the season. So that's really at its basis, all that you're uh, tasked with doing between now and game week one. Evan, do you want to say a little bit about chips? Sure. So typically um, they're in the, in the course of a season, you'll have three chips that you can use. Um, that's the bench boost, the free hit and the triple captain. Um, normally in a game, in a game week, you will captain a player and vice captain a player in case the captain doesn't play. Um, but regardless, your captain uh, will score double points. Um, but if you play the triple captain chip, um, they'll score triple point uh, for that game week. Um, once you use the triple captain, um, along with any of the other chips, you can only use them once. So once you use the triple captain, you can't use it again for the rest of the season. So just keep that in mind. Um, so that's the triple captain, uh, the bench boost, um, the bench boost chip. You can play for um, playing um, all 15 of your players at once. So you'll play your starting 11, and then you'll also um, receive points from your bench players as well, just for that one game week. Um, and then the free hit acts like a wild card, um, but it's only a one week temporary wild card. So, uh, let's say going into game week five, um, you have a bad team, or maybe you just have a bunch of temporary like suspensions or injuries, and you know that they're going to come back, you know, in a couple weeks or something, then you can play your free hit for game week five, um, pick all new players, as many as you want treat it like a wild card you play those players game week five and then in game week six um you will revert back to your game week 14 so uh that's how that works um there's of course different strategies on how to use those and you can go into more details on on maybe uh the rules of those as well on um on the premier league website Uh, but just also keep in mind you typically can't wild card um, well, let me start with saying what wild cards are. Um, there are wild cards. Um, you get one in the first half of the season, one in the second half of the season. Um, and if you don't play it, it doesn't roll over or anything if you don't play your first one. So you might as well. Um, so you can play your wild card. You can basically just reshuffle your entire team moving forward um, from that point on. Um, and yeah, you typically can't play a wild card in the same week as a chip, so like a triple captain. You can't, or bench boost or something. So just keep that in mind as well. Um, Taylor, do you want to discuss uh, a little bit of the caveat for like the wild cards and what they're going to do this year for the World Cup? Since they're taking, it's almost like what it's like a month, um, yeah. basically. Yeah. So the wild cards, um, you'll get two wild cards as usual, um, two wild card chips, and the first one will be available to you in the first half of the season, like usual, the second one in the second half of the season. But in between the two halves of the season, there's the World Cup. And, you know, players are playing in the World Cup, players are getting injured in the World Cup, and this is all extraneous to the Premier League. And so what Fantasy Premier League has done is just said, in between um, the, you know, game week 16, the end of the first half of the season, and the beginning of game week 17, the beginning of the second half, or is that is that what it would be not really halfway technically but 
Um, but, but those are the game weeks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So almost halfway. Um, yeah. In between those those two times when the the World Cup is happening, you can uh, change your team as often and as um, in as many ways as you'd like. So you basically get a wild card that kind of um, in the same way that right now you can kind of play around with your players. You get free transfers um, up until the beginning of the season. Um, that same thing will apply during the World Cup so that, you know, if Mo Salah gets injured playing for Egypt, you aren't stuck with that injury um, as an FPL player. You can transfer him out for someone else. Cool. Anything else you want to say about that? No, I don't think there's anything else that is unique to this year that I can think of. Yeah. And if you if you're new and you're uncertain about, you know, how to use chips or maybe even chip strategies, um, we'll talk more about that in future podcasts, but we can also talk sure. about it in Discord. You can just um, yeah. We're, and also, um, also, I would love to, this year um, with podcasting to do more like question and answer type of segments. Um, so that way, it'll just help kind of keep things fresh and like talk about what y'all want to talk about. So, yeah. um, so you can just feel free to look out for that. Um, post your questions in Discord, and we'll answer them about whatever. Um, not that we're uh, not that we're um, always ones to be listened to but uh we will try to impart as much wisdom as we can <laughs> well one of us has won the fantasy premier league two years in a row and i'll just let you imagine who that is yeah um, <laughs> okay but you've you've uh you've corrected me on several things <laughs> in the past so uh yeah don't don't hype me up too much i don't want that pressure also uh you don't have to pose questions you can just like pose talking points or like present talking yeah. points um, we'd be happy to just yeah that too and also we'll, we want to chat in discord too so even if you don't want to wait to the podcast just like talk in discord i'd love for that to be a a booming place which it typically is uh during the season um it's usually fairly active but you know i'd love to chat as much as possible in there so yeah, yeah. feel free to feel free to hit us up or hit any of the other people up too there's some knowledgeable people in the discord all right um our next point of business, we're really moving uh, kind of viciously through all these points. Good. I like uh, this. Um, so Cause there's our, a lot of good stuff we need to get to. Yeah. There's a lot of good questions that we have to get to. And those will, uh, the ones that we don't get to before the end of the podcast, we'll try to get to at the end. Um, so our next point of business is to talk about promoted teams. Um, and I think someone even posed a question about this, which is, um, you know, what kind of, what players from the newly promoted teams, um, might we want to have our eyes on um, both as like people who generally enjoy watching the Premier League and also as um, fantasy Premier League um, players. So yeah. just really quickly, the three promoted teams are Bournemouth, who, you know, is kind of was in the Premier League quite, uh, you know, for fairly regularly they were they were more or less staples for a couple of years there when eddie howe was their manager they dropped down um now they're back up um we've got fulham kind of one of your classic yo-yo teams along with norwich who always seem to be going up and coming back um a couple of years they um i don't know if you were playing premier league when this happened or if you were paying attention to the premier league um when this happened evan but a couple of years ago when they did that, they made some very unwise investments and like borrowed really heavily, like against future success coming back into the Premier League and then immediately got dropped and it kind of like sent them down for longer than usual, but they're back now. 
Um, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. a bad, bad financial move. And then, um, uh, the new, the, I think the one that people are most excited about probably, um, the new name to the Premier League is Nottingham Forest. Um, who I don't know if they, have they been in the Premier League before? Are you aware, Evan? I think, I think they have. Okay. If, if it has, so. it's been a little bit. Um, yeah, it's been a while. They, yeah. And they, um, maybe you could say more about the seven, but people seem to like them as a kind of like tactical squad. Um, they are kind of known in the lower leagues for smart, um, smart business moves and smart transfers and things like that. Um, so I think everyone's really interested to, to see them, um, this year. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So promoted teams where let's just talk all things promoted teams. Um, what questions did we have specifically? I want to make sure we answer those in this um, segment. Yeah. So um, let's see. Um, so we've got players to look out for on promoted clubs was the okay. specific question. Okay, cool. Great. Um, so let's start with, I've done um, a little bit of research, meaning I listened to one podcast episode about the promoted teams. <laughs> and it was that, counts, that counts as extensive and it, research. And it was from a fantasy perspective. And I, it is from people that like genuinely know what they're talking about when it comes to fantasy. Um, and the guest on this podcast had um, watches the championship quite a bit and, has, and plays the championship a fantasy game oh wow and has come in the top 10 like two years in a row or something so like he knows what he's doing with that so i i i trust him as much as you can trust a single individual um with something as finicky as promoted teams into the premier league um so bournemouth um typically play uh, a 4-4-2 they want to have uh two solid banks of four play fairly defensively um and and just booted up to um, their talisman, um, Dominic Solanke. So um, in a way, you can kind of think of it maybe like tactically like Burnley. I don't know if they'll be as like, I don't know if they'll be as boring as Burnley because it seems like this Bournemouth team can really counterattack, um, and that's how they get their goals. And uh, with Solanke up top, um, he's been pretty lethal the past, uh, this last season. So. Um, he's also missed a ton of big chances. Mm. Um, so take, you know, take that however you want to take it. Um, but I would say from a Bournemouth perspective, um, yeah, they're going to be fairly, um, they're not going to be overly attacking. I think they're probably going to try to coming into the premier league. I would guess that they're going to be, um, try to be as conservative and as organized as possible. That's going to be their, um, that's going to be their goal is to do that. They're not, they're probably not going to, um, uh, they're probably not going to try to score as many goals as they can is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, they're going to try to win one, one nil two one or something like that. So that's just kind of like how I see them and what I've heard about them. And they're managed um, by Scott Parker, who is, who was managing Fulham last time they were in the premier league and is right. kind of a, a veteran of that kind of, you know, relegation zone club. Um, so I think you can expect more of that kind of uh, posturing from them. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot to mention Scott Parker. Um, 
which is interesting. He got promoted <laughs> same season full of. Yeah, I mean, he, he seems promoted. to be he seems to be a good manager. It's just, yeah. uh, you know, I think that the clubs that he ends up managing uh, have just like a ceiling to them, and yeah, there's not a, a ton you can do with a team like Bournemouth when you're dealing with increased like skill and monetary disparities in the Premier League. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, well, we'll move on to Fulham real quick. We'll come back to like FPL assets in a second, but just wanted to touch on each of the team's playing styles. Um, Fulham, um, they're going to be their head coach is Marco Silva. Who you know very Lachlan. well. Yeah, I do know. I do. Maybe know better than well. you wish you knew him. <laughs> uh, well, to be honest, at this point, he feels like seven managers removed. So <laughs> he's like not even in my brain anymore. Um, <laughs> but Fulham are Fulham. Um, they play, they play quite a bit more attacking from what I can tell. Um, it seems like they were a pretty dominant force in the, in the championship last season. Um, they had, uh, their striker Mitrovic, um, he broke the goal scoring record. So it seems like that they really like to attack. Um, so that's just kind of in general how I see them. Um, I don't, I don't remember exactly what they play. Um, I don't remember exactly what formation they play, but I do know that they have a ten or a central midfielder that they like to play around. Um, from what I remember, they like to try to possess the ball, gain control of the game, and then kind of work it around, get it to their number ten or their central mid. And once he gets it, they turn and they run and they just go. Um, they've got the wingbacks that bomb on. They've got Mitrovic in the middle of the field. So um, once they like make that move, it seems like they like to commit to attacking whenever they can. So, um, yeah, that's something to keep in mind. It looks like um, I, they will have some wingbacks and they've got Mitrovic up top. So um, they haven't – I don't think they've done – Two, two. They've done some some stuff in the transfer window, so that'll be interesting to see um, what happens there. But um, and we'll we'll come on to one of those players specifically that I'm looking really keeping a close eye on. Um, but real quick, um, Nottingham Forest. They, I, to be honest, I'm not even I'm not even really sure exactly how they play. Um, I don't really remember um, what he said about them with their strategy. Um, but it really doesn't matter because I mean, it matters, but I would say it doesn't matter as much with them because they had so many players on loan. Um, they had at least like three or four, I think that are no longer there and they're having to replace. Yeah. So when you have that many players in your starting 11 that are gone and you, you have to try to replace them, it's going to be tough. So with me, I think Nottingham, I think we're going to have to wait and see how they want to play because when they, as they're making these signings, it may present an opportunity to maybe shift tactically. Um, so this team is pretty much in flux. Um, I think they're exciting. They had some great players last season. So if they can match that quality and match that um, whatever tactics and strategy they had, um, I think they'll be exciting to watch and they'll be fun to watch and possibly stay up this season. But I really depends on how this how this transfer window goes and how they gel as a team in preseason and throughout the season to see if they can really um, 
form a cohesive unit or at least as cohesive a unit as they did last season. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I really want, I really want them to stay up, but we'll see what happens. Do you have anything to add to, to any of those three teams? Uh, a couple of things. So one thing to point out is that for the, um, U S men's national team fan, uh, Fulham holds some interest because they have Anthony Robinson. Um, Anthony, uh, right? An- is it Anthony or Anthony? I'm not it was sure. Anthony. He came from Everton. Oh, did he really? Oh, yeah. it is Anthony. You're right. Um, yeah, Anthony Ream. at the end of his name. And Tim um, Ream. Yeah, I was going to say, and less <laughs> less notably, <laughs> Tim Ream. Um, so that's that's of some interest. Um, I'll be interested to see. It's it's kind of remarkable because there's them two, and then you know Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams at Leeds. Um, yeah. Obviously, Pulisic at Chelsea. There's quite a lot of men's national team players in the Premier League this year. It is interesting. It does seem like, and I've just noticed this with like Everton preseason, um, it seems like the clubs are really making tours in the United States um, over the summer. They're really trying to hone in on that market just because they can, uh, I think there's just a lot of money that they, that they can make with yeah. American supporters. And so it wouldn't surprise me if that's part of the strategy is making sure they bring in top American players, even if they don't necessarily start, um, like even just as squad depth, it'll help build that connection. So yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's exciting in that way to know that, uh, they're really trying to build that relationship between the United States and maybe some American players, um, with the premier league, but also outside of Pulisic, I, I don't really know that there's you know, too much to really, really watch, but it will be interesting to see how these players play this season. I hope that they make a good name for themselves and for the U S. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that Leeds will be, will have a lot of interest because I, Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson, I imagine will probably both start for Leeds. Um, you think? I, I expect Tyler Adams too, for sure. Cause he's kind of the Calvin Phillips replacement more or less. Yeah. Um, and I think Brendan Aronson is a good enough player um, that, and I think he just fits perfectly into that team. Like he's a total kind of like, you know, um, I, I could just see him working really well with like Jack Harrison, for instance, and the players that they have remaining in that attacking formation. So uh, the other thing I wanted to say is that um, Nottingham Forest is uh, being heavily linked with Maxwell Cornet currently from Burnley. No, Fulham. Are you sure? Fulham too. I know Fulham is, and we are. Don't worry. I'm keeping an eye on this. Oh, wow. I thought <laughs> yeah, Maxwell Cornet. Me if Nottingham is as well. I, no, I, I, I read that this morning. Me. I read that this wow. morning. Well, I know Fulham are as well. So it, it seems like there's going to be a race for him. Wow. Good for him. I mean, he was very good last year. Definitely better than Burnley is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he deserves better than Burnley, that's for sure. So uh, we'll see where he ends up. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. seems like he's going to end up at one of those lower lower teams, though, somewhere. I, I mean, Vincent Company even said it looks like we're going to have to plan without him. So oh, I yeah. think in their mind, he's already gone. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of who ends up winning the deal. So, yeah, that'll be fun to watch. Did you want to talk about um, specific players to watch on some of those yeah. teams? Yeah, and uh, and again, I'm going to be coming at it from an FPL lens. Um, Taylor, feel free to uh, 
um, feel free to add stuff as well. Uh, um, but also if you have like a good idea, like I test, like in like, just as the actual players themselves that you like that, that you are, are going to watch, then, you know, obviously fill us in on that. Um, but let's just start with Bournemouth. Um, to me, I don't really see much other than maybe Solanke. Um, I, I mentioned this in the Discord with Spicer's love of Pookie. I think Solanke is going to be this year's Pookie. And the reason I say that is because I think Bournemouth will be the favorites to go down again. So they're going to kind of fill that like bottom, like 20th place type of team. They're not overly talented at all. There's not a ton of players and they're really going to, they really rely on Solanke. I hmm. can't remember the stat but it was like an overwhelming amount of goals that they had were either, you know, he, he was involved in them. So just an incredible amount of reliance on Solanke. So that's kind of where I, that's kind of why I said, you know, he's going to be this year's Pookie. So I am interested in seeing how this plays out because, um, you know, it could go, it could go one of two ways. It could be that, Solanke's a great pick because if they get a goal, it's probably going to be him that gets the goal or assist. Um, but on the other hand, if they rely on him, then it's not very hard for a Premier League defense to lock down one guy and then they just can't do anything all game. So yeah. there's going to be that struggle all season, I think. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Um Solanke is 6.0. He is classified as a forward. Yeah. Um, I was going to just ask as a way of transitioning to Fulham, maybe. Well, I well hold on. I got oh, one, oh, more. Oh. Oh, okay. one more. Oh, okay, cool. One more that might be like uh, uh, an interesting one. I don't think anyone's going to go for it first. Um, but it's one that I'm like interested in watching. Um, Philip Billing at 5.5. He's a midfielder. He played at Huddersfield, if you remember. I did not remember. Okay, so he was like a defensive mid at Huddersfield. Apparently, they have, I don't know how consistent this was, but he's basically kind of up there with Solanke a lot. So I don't know if he's like their number 10 or like, like playing off of Solanke somehow, but he's like a, he's a massive guy too. So um, yeah, it's just interesting. I'm, gonna, I, I'm really interested in seeing how that happens. Because one thing in my brain, my FPL brain, when I hear someone is playing farther forward than their position in FPL, that's always a good sign Mm. Um, and someone that you should be paying attention to. So I would say pay attention to Phil Billing um, because if he's up there next to Solanke and he's like playing in an attacking position, um, then I think there may be some points there for a 5.5 midfielder. I'm not getting him to start off. I want to see what what happens, but could be kind of like a could be kind of like a Thomas Suchek type of thing that happened a couple years ago where he was like you know kind of like that box to box but he was like up there all the time and was getting some getting some dings and dongs yeah <laughs> as they say as they say um, yeah you want to you want to yeah, transition I, to a full what were you going to say well i was going to ask so to me one of the big 
players to look for or perhaps recruit onto a Premier League fantasy Premier League team from Fulham is their striker, Alexander Mitrovic, um, who I think we mentioned this in the Discord, but set the goals in a season record in the championship last year, scored 43 goals, um, has been with Fulham for at least a couple of years and has been in the premier league did not play that well in the premier league last time he was in it. So that's something to keep in mind, but um, it's, I will also say he only played, I think like 1600 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I didn't realize. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Mitrovic is 6.5. Would you, if you had your choice between Solanke at 6.0 and Mitrovic at 6.5, who would you go for? I'm going for Mitrovic. 100%. I think I, I, I think I would too. Yeah. Like even if he has a third of the goals that he had in the championship, that's still great production. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. The guy that um, the guy that was on that podcast, I mentioned a little bit ago, he said that he would be now you can, I mean, this is just a guess, but he said he'd be shocked if he didn't, if Mitrovic didn't have close to 15 goals this season. Cause he's on pens for them, I believe. I mean, I would imagine. I don't know for sure, but sure. I mean, yeah, he couldn't score 43 goals without taking penalties. There's yeah, no way. Not. Yeah, no way, no way, no way. Um, so, I don't know. Take take that how you want to take it. Um, this guy also said that Tony was going to be pretty good last season. He ended up being pretty good. So, yeah. I feel like he's got a good eye for like a, a championship forward. And Mitrovic... I don't know. I, I he's a class, like he's a natural finisher. I think I just trying to remember like his goals um, when he was up in the Premier League last last um, last time around. It seemed like they weren't really flukes. Like he was getting in good positions. He's pretty strong and he can really just like place the ball really yeah. well. Um, so I think he's just a good all around striker. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go Mitrovic all the way. Um, yeah, I think Mitrovic over Solanke, but um, I don't think there's any reason you couldn't have both of them in your squad, honestly. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I'd definitely choose Mitrovic just because I think he's a better finisher um, and the way Fulham play are just more attacking than, than the way Bournemouth play. They've got, I think Fulham have a, a few more assets maybe than uh, Bournemouth do to to help help uh, support Mitrovic. So, hmm. um, let's see. Is there anyone else on uh, Fulham you want to talk about? I've got one in mind. I'm interested to see. I'm always interested when a player from, uh, who is at least training with, if not playing consistently with a very, um, like a top level team comes down to a, lower level team and Andreas Pereira fits that That's who I was going to talk about yeah awesome. from from Manchester for Manchester United um obviously didn't play that much for Manchester United but you know I'm he that's the kind of person who you know I'm not going to again pick him at the beginning of the season but that is the kind of player who may kind of like explode at some point in the season who maybe he you know wasn't getting in the Manchester United squad for other reasons. And it's just this like wildly talented player. We just don't really know. I don't think um, so. That could be really interesting. Totally. Yeah. And just, um, just the only other thing I guess that I would mention about Pereira. Um, 
it seems like he will slot in and start and maybe be that attacking midfielder that I was talking about that they like to play through mm-hmm. um, to, to really kickstart their attack. So that's something to watch to see if he takes up that role in an advanced position. He's only 4.5 million. He's a oh, midfielder. Wow. He's only 4.5 million. That's so, wild. Oh, I may, starter, actually, I may actually pick him up. Yeah. 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 Corner, yeah, yeah. Totally. Cause even if he doesn't play, um, you're probably going to have a 4.5 million midfielder that wasn't going to be starting. Well, necessarily. 4.5 anyway. is as low as midfielders go. They don't go. Exactly. Them. Yeah, exactly. So if you need like an enabler to, to maybe like go with cheap, cheap and hope that he gets, gets on the field some and gets some minutes, you can stick him like first or second on your bench and it won't matter. Um, and you'll have a bunch of money elsewhere. And then if you notice that he's like playing out of his mind, then yeah, you just rotate him in. Have him like you have him as your like eleventh player, and you can spread the funds even more. So, yeah, that's 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 another reason I'm keeping an eye on him is because he's so cheap. So, yeah, I don't know that there's anyone else um, that's worth mentioning other than maybe um, Harry Wilson. Um, mm. He's six million. He's a midfielder, um, also very creative. Um, I don't, I mean, I think you could probably maybe think of him as like a, I don't know, like a James Madison type. Um, I think he's also on set pieces. Um, so that's kind of why I say that. Um, I don't really know much else about him. I'm going to keep an eye on him. But for me, it's always hard to judge these types of midfielders in the Premier League, like, and whether or not they're actually going to be worth their price in fantasy because. Uh, it's just a whole different game. And for some reason, like these attacking midfielders don't always do it, mm. um, at least in the beginning. Um, I'm just thinking of like Diogo Jota didn't really kick on immediately when he came up from Wolves. And it wasn't to the end of the season that he like really started um, putting it together. And that's why Liverpool picked him up. Um, people like Buendia from Norwich, when Norwich came up, didn't really do that much. Um, ended yeah. up getting a move to Aston Villa, but... Um, you know, I, I've just seen a lot of these types of players, and so uh, I don't really know how to how to judge them as they are in a in a like a newly promoted team. Um, yeah. I think it with those types of players, they have to be they have to be with like better attacking players for them to really shine because you know they're trying to make the assists happen, um, and if they don't have people to score the goals, then um, yeah, it's hard for them to do anything. So keeping an eye on him, but. Uh, I don't know that I would. Um, I'm not looking at him in the beginning. That's for sure. Yeah. The one. So moving on to Nottingham Forest. I think from so that I don't know nearly as much about these um, promoted teams as you do, Evan. But I know enough to know that uh, Nico Williams is someone to keep an eye on. Um, as someone who sort of, I think he's even in my current like you know um, iteration of my of my team that I'm tinkering with. Um, partially because he's kind of um, slipped through the cracks more or less of fantasy premier league in the sense that he was priced as, you know, a Liverpool like backup to a backup, basically like a third string Liverpool defender, uh, maybe second string. I don't know. Um, and uh, then gets a move to Nottingham forest and is now has that like third string Liverpool price tag, but is going to be starting almost certainly as a wing back for um, Nottingham Forest is four point. I think he's 4.5. Um, 
in fantasy Premier League. So he's, uh, he's going to be 4.0. 4.0. Yeah. I mean, there you yeah. go. He's going to be there. I don't, I would be surprised if there are many 4.0 defenders who will be starting at all. Yeah. And yeah. Um, even if they are starting, probably not in positions like Nico Williams, we'll probably get into on the wings there. So um, he's one to look out for, for sure. As a, yeah. as a bench player, I would say not as a starter, but. Totally could end up being a starter, maybe like an 11th player type of starter. I don't know. But yeah. could, but it but seems like if he's playing week in and week out, a great like first on your bench option. Yeah. Because occasionally they'll keep a clean sheet. Maybe he comes off of that and or gets an assist or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I don't really. I mean, I don't really know much about Nottingham Forest. Um, just because I know that there's so many players that have, um, that have left the club because they were on loan so um yeah if you want more info on nottingham forest go do your own research do your own darn research uh i should also just flag the fact that um i feel like these days it's it's rare that you get a um a single name um player you know we've got rafinha notably but uh we've got a new single name player um in nottingham forest named kafu so I'm interested to see yes. how Kafu ends up doing in the Premier League. Interesting. Uh, when I click on his profile, it says Carlos Ribeiro Diaz. I mean, I, did, I didn't expect his actual name to be Kafu. <laughs> right. But I expected Kafu to be in there somewhere. Oh, oh, oh I see. <laughs> it's not. So um, I'm wondering if he has more to his name that they just couldn't fit on there. I don't know. Yeah, well, this is um, an interest, it's always an interesting thing to know what people choose to put on the back of their jerseys, too. I don't think yeah. we've ever even talked about that. That needs to be the subject that, of the rest of the false. We do need that. to talk about that. Um, we need to dissect that because um, it's like a it's like a very and people change what's on the back of their jerseys sometimes, which is also very interesting. Yeah. Sometimes they add in an, like a first initial. Oh, it's, yeah. It's an interesting landscape. Yeah. Um, real quick before we move on. Um, I just wanted to point out, I forgot that um, Dean Henderson uh, made a move oh, yeah, yeah. to Nottingham Forest, as did Wayne Hennessy, which I think it'll be pretty obvious who starts between those two as goalies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dean Henderson was great at, uh, was it Sheffield? Yeah. United. Um, season before last, then went to uh, Manchester United um, and sat behind David De Gea. Um but is now at Nottingham Forest where I think he'll play. He's a 4.5 goalie, um, and he's good. I mean, he's a good goalie. I really think he's really good. Um, so it'll be interesting. I don't know that they'll be great at keeping clean sheets, but um, he might be one to watch um, yeah. just to keep an eye on. So May get a lot yeah. of saves. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, anything else you want to say about the promoted teams? I don't think so. Maybe, I think I covered it. Maybe we can answer. So this is a question someone asked or part of a question. Maybe since we're talking about promoted teams, we can talk just a little bit about who we predict to go down. Yeah. Okay. Um, bottom three. You yeah. want to go first? Uh, sure. I, I mean, no, but <laughs> I need to look at all of it. Let me I need let to look me, at all the teams. I should have I should have had this beforehand, but I totally don't. Um. I think Bournemouth will go down. 
I think Fulham will go down. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the teams right now, and it's it's hard to convince me that it would be hard to convince me that anyone but the three promoted teams are going to be going down, ex- unless you add Southampton into the mix. If they have another bad season, they could go down. But I, I mean, I don't think Leeds is going to go down. I don't think they're going to have that kind of scrape. I don't think Everton's going to be in a relative relegation scrape like they were last year. So I, I think I'm going to, pr- I think I'm going to predict three up, three down, same teams. Hmm, that would be interesting. Um, yeah. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think Bournemouth are back down. I just worry about Nottingham Forest. I want them to stay up, but I just worry about them. Uh, with a whole, basically like half a squad that they've got to figure out how to play together. Uh, I just don't know that they'll get it together in time. So I think Nottingham Forest goes down. Um, and you know, I'm going to say Leeds. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Oh, they lost, no. They lost Calvin Phillips and Rafinha. I it just. Is. I, I think they're going to have a rough time this year, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, I like them. I hope they stay up, um, but I think they're going to go down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see that. I think sometimes I, and maybe even more people than me, mistake a team being good for a team having like recognizable characters. <laughs> so like Leeds has a lot of rec- like characters that have made an impression on me as like a narrative watcher of the Premier League yeah. like your Jack Harrisons, your Luke Ailings, your Patrick Bamfords, like um I don't know uh Rodrigo, uh Stuart Dallas. Like these are all all like, <laughs> you know, they're like archetypes of the Premier League and typically relegation teams don't have those kinds of characters, you know, like Burnley doesn't yeah. have like recognizable characters. At least not that many. There's like one. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, Pookie. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. Norwich has like very few except for Pookie. Um, uh, and so like, I may be tricking myself into thinking that they're better than they are. I really want them to stay up though. I do. Yeah, I do too. I do too. But I don't know. I just think they're going to have a tough time. Um, with that said, I, I don't think Everton are going to be that well off. I think we're going to be in a tough battle. I think we'll probably get, I'll be happy, honestly, if we get above 14th, I think, you know, I think we'll probably be around the 15th, 16th places again. Yeah. I don't, it's just going to be hard. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but yeah. Lock it in. Those are our picks. Lock it in. Um, Send it to so, Vegas. <laughs> I wish I had the Jim Cramer buttons. Oh my gosh! Do you watch Jim Cramer? Is that who you are now? It's, I, no, it's just the I, I was talking about it with like Wyatt and Brady and Spicer uh, not that long ago, and just watching him, it's just insane. So, <laughs> me and Wyatt watched him, like tried to watch an episode, and it just he just he does have the buttons. He he just talks. He kind of slurs his words, but not even in a drunk way. I yeah. mean, I guess you could make the case that it's like he's drunk, 
but he's not, but it's almost to me more like, um, like a 10 year old that was given a script and has to read it and read yeah. it as fast yeah. as they can. He, he, yeah. Yes. I was going to say, he just like sprints through words. Yeah, he does. And doesn't like fully enunciate and just <laughs> like, are, do you even know what you're talking about? Like, you know, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like, he's presenting something, but like, just stayed up all night, did a report and just is like reading it, <laughs> trying to read it word for word. And like, doesn't, doesn't really believe any of this stuff. It's just like, you know, yeah. I think the ethos he's trying to convey is like, you know, like, uh, 90s Wall Street money never sleeps era, like banker yeah. who just like <laughs> is so busy doing trades all day that they don't have time for anything. Just insane. My, my main memory of, of that show is, from high school econ class um, where we did this like competition. It was actually kind of like fantasy premier league in a way where you would get, you know, uh, a fake, like, I don't know, $50,000 or something. And you like where there's the software where you like fake invested into different companies basically. And I can remember watching some of those videos on an early YouTube, uh, and also like watching some of them in class, I think even, um, yeah, very interesting. Hmm. Wow. Kramer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the last thing on our, uh, agenda before we get into questions, um, so we've got some, oh, wow. some meaty questions to get into, but before we get into questions, um, I did want to mention that the, uh, women's euros euro 2022 is going on right now. And I just want to say, um, the quality of soccer has been extremely high and there are some extremely interesting narrative arcs going on. Um, and I would just encourage everyone to watch it. We're going, this would be a good time to hop on because, um, it's going into the quarterfinal stages here pretty soon. Um, so I think England plays their quarterfinals game on the 21st, maybe, um, against Spain. Um, and then, um, so like England is obviously, I think everyone's, they're not everyone's predictions, but they're everyone's prediction to be, you know, in or around the final. Um, and then France is the other team that people are really jazzed about right now. And they're both extremely exciting to watch. I haven't watched that much of France, but I've watched a lot of England's games. They beat Norway eight to nothing. Um, Jeez. Or maybe it may have been, they may have scored one goal. It may have been eight to one. I can't remember. But um, yeah, it's been extremely fun to watch. And I would just encourage you to watch it. Nice. Yeah. Didn't, um, one of the French forwards maybe, uh, broke a record, right? Like fastest hat trick or something. What was it? Oh yeah. 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 Um, I can't remember what her name was. Was that the woman whose first, whose first and middle name are Marie Antoinette? There's a woman who on that team whose first two names are Marie Antoinette something. And it's it's wild. (laughs) That is wild. Um, but yeah, but yeah, uh, I can't remember what the stat was now. Um, I've not been paying attention. Where, um, where's like a good place? Where have you been watching it? Just illegal streams? (laughs) Uh, just illegal streams. Nice. Okay. I don't, I don't even uh, know. Go to your favorite illegal streaming platform. I don't know. (laughs) Go to your favorite, you know, uh, cycleentertainment.net or whatever uh (laughs) (laughs) i don't know who's carrying it in the u.s i think maybe espn but i'm not sure about that yeah i don't know yeah i don't know 
That actually is a good question. I may actually have legal access to it. I'll have to check that. (laughs) Yeah, if it's on like, yeah, I I don't think I have access to it, but I'll double check um, because that would be fun to watch during the week. Yeah. It's like a good way to like get you warmed back up to soccer too, you know, get back into the swing of things. Um, Yeah. It's also uh, an extremely refreshing watch. I mean, I find this watching women's soccer in general, but like, you know, it's, mostly devoid of a lot of the things that make men's soccer kind of unwatchable at moments, which is like the kind of like petty uh, diving and things like that. Like the women's game is almost wholly devoid of those things, which makes it really refreshing. Yeah. I heard somebody saying um, they've really enjoyed watching it. Um, Not just the Euros like this summer, but just in general watching women's soccer. Um, uh, I guess because if, especially if you're like new to women's soccer or you're watching it and you haven't been watching it for years, then um, you don't have a lot of the, um, I guess, players in mind or like things you're watching individually. And so they've been saying that they can actually like watch the game from a more like tactical, tactical standpoint hmm. um, because they're not focused on any one player necessarily yeah. um, because they're still so new to watching women's soccer that they can like, see how the tactics are playing out and they found that very fun um to watch that because that's also been like a big big thing in women's um in women's soccer um is the development of like a lot of a lot of strategy and focus on tactics in the game and so um that's all very exciting um and it's all good to hear so yeah um, i'm glad that the euros are living up to it because they were they were hyped before it started people were hyping it up yeah, I mean, I I think England could win it, and it would be on home turf, and it would be very exciting. That would it's football's coming home, huh? Finally, home. yeah, <laughs> years late. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, now, did we want to talk about? Um, I don't know. This might have been in the questions. The summer transfers and managers and stuff like that. Is that coming up? Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. Actually, I may have missed that as a point on our itinerary. So that's okay. Um, We'll talk about Yeah, so let's talk about... Let me just scroll through these. Yeah, transfers that could have a significant impact uh, for players. Um, I think that was specifically asked in relation to promoted teams, but we can talk about who are the big transfers that we're interested in watching um, this season, Um, both from a... I I think more from a just general interest standpoint, but also from an FPL standpoint, too. Who are you interested in watching? Well, obviously the big one is Holling. We can't not talk about him, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it just seems like it's such a perfect transfer that it's going to go well. Um, there's a reason like over 60% of FPL players have him already. Um, they just back him to, to slot right in and do well. So I'm so interested to watch him because uh, I've not really watched him. And so it's going to be fun to actually have a superstar like that come to the league yeah. um, that's done so well in, um, in other countries and tournaments. And um, yeah, man, it's going to be so cool to watch him play. Cause he's like such an anomaly of a, of a player, just yeah. so big, so strong and fast. And um, wow. Uh, yeah. This I, I I'm so excited. It's going to be like watching like a cryptid or some like Bigfoot or something <laughs> play football. <laughs> It's like I cannot believe I cannot believe this this person is in the Premier League playing for a Premier League team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, I'm really excited. Um 
I don't really know what to say. I mean, are you going to... I am battling, I'm debating on whether or not I pick him in fantasy. I mean, um, you, you know that my impulsive nature is always to him. go to go for the new signings. I think I'm going to be watched him. To... You've watched him quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched... And I wouldn't say quite a bit, but I watched, you know, the occasional Bruce Dortmund half of football. You think he's going to be good? You think I he's going to be gonna real be good? good? I think he's going to be real good. I don't know whether he will be like dynamite from the start, if that makes sense. I think any player is going to have some kind of a adjustment period. You think he'll be um, worth 11 and a half million pounds? Uh, I mean, it all depends on how Pep plays him. But if Pep plays him in the way that people think he's going to play him, which is consistently as a center forward, then yes, I do think he'll be worth 11 and a half, 11 and a half. And, and yeah, I don't know. I wonder if he'll be on penalties too. You know, it could happen. Oh yeah. Cause Mares, yeah, I, I guess know. would be in contention, but, yeah, but you Holland, would imagine Holland, Holland took- would take that from him. I mean, it could be De Bruyne. Yeah, or De Bruyne. Um, So that'll be interesting to see. But I think he will be worth $11.5 million. But also, I thought Lukaku was going to be worth whatever he... Oh, yeah. ...at the beginning of last season. So I'm I'm a little bit shy based on that experience. So I'm probably not going to bring in Holland, I don't think, at the beginning. Yeah, it's such a tough call for me. Yeah, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I'm definitely not going to tell y'all immediately what I'm or what I'm going to end up doing. Um, so I got to try to keep my book. cards as close to the chest as possible. And this is this I, is why I you don't win. know if it'll work though. Um, yeah. So so Holland is definitely one that I think we're all interested. To yeah. What about you? Who's next? Who else do you want to talk about? Uh, this is not a transfer into the league. This is a sure. transfer. I think. I mean, one of the things about the transfer window thus far is that there's been a ton of movement between teams in the premier league more than I would say is usual, um, especially between top teams. Um, but I am really interested to see Gabriel Jesus at Arsenal. Um, I think that, I mean, I I could say the same thing about Raheem Sterling to Chelsea, but they, they're kind of like, you know, in similar boats in my mind, because they're kind of similar players in a way. Um, obviously Sterling is a little bit more of a winger than he is. Um, yeah. Jesus is more of a like poacher, I suppose. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that could work out really well. I think Gabriel Jesus to Arsenal with the like really fun, young talent that they have behind him, Martin Odegaard, Bukayo Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, these people, I think that yeah. could be super, if not like, lucrative from a you know point standpoint extremely fun to watch um yeah i'm I'm interested to see how that combo works out i think it has i think that particular transfer jesus to arsenal has the potential to be as good of a signing as holland to city i think you're right about that yeah for this particular season i think i think over the long term holland is like holland to city is like the better pick yeah. Then Jesus, Jesus to Arsenal. But I think this season, it's possible that Jesus to Arsenal is just as good of, uh, of a transfer for them. Um, yeah, I mean, he's already had uh, three goals and an assist at least in yeah. preseason. So, um, uh, yeah, he's a 
he's starting out strong. So he's getting like a good preseason in. I know you can only take those great games of not even a grain of salt, but um, especially when one of those preseason games is against the Toffees. But I think he just he just fits in. And similar to Holland, I think it's just like just a good like no brainer type of move. Like it just works. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, very excited to see that. I think that'll pay off dividends and could pay off dividends in fantasy with Jesus only being like what eight million, something like that. So yeah. For for an Arsenal team that's probably going to be pushing for Champions League and he's their starting striker at eight million, that's incredible. Yeah. Um and I think he's a good player too. So I don't know. I, I think he's he's gonna be really good to watch and really gonna uh, make people think about whether or not they can afford Holland and Jesus, honestly. Yeah. What's another one for you? Um, yeah, you mentioned Sterling to Chelsea. I think that's going to be a really good, fun move. Um, it seems like Chelsea have just only have like midfielders, <laughs> but uh, I think Sterling comes in and starts. So uh, I think he's going to be starting and they just have to kind of work around him. Um but yeah, I think, I mean, he's a good player. He gets into the box. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be, he's definitely going to be one to watch. At 10 million in fantasy, um, definitely not getting him straight away. I want to see how he molds in and gels with the team. But yeah, Sterling's going to be fun. Um, trying to think if there's anyone else. This is, this is not a, a specific person, but the team that seems like, they might have the most new pieces at one time is Tottenham. It seems. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah. Let's talk like about Tottenham with, and it doesn't seem like a lot of the players they're bringing in right now are necessarily going to be starters. Like, I don't know that Richarlison's going to start, which is kind of wild to think about, honestly, um, considering how much he cost. Yeah. I don't, I mean, when you say that, I think he will start plenty of games. I, I think so. You think I don't know if like, it'll be Premier League games. You it'll think at least Ian Kulisevsky be, will be kind of like toggle back and forth. Yeah, I don't know who he comes in for. I don't know like I don't know, really know where he plays. I think he can play in a lot of positions up front, so that'll help. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if if he starts um, as central striker and they kind of mix things up a little bit um, to give Harry Kane a rest, like during the season, uh, things like that. So. Yeah. Um, I think he gets plenty of minutes and I think he gets plenty of starts. Um, but again, I don't think, I don't necessarily know if that will, if he will be say Tottenham go onto the champions league final. If he's in the starting 11, I don't know. I'd probably not, but I think he'll get a lot of, a lot of starts and a lot of playing time. Um, but then they've also got Perisic um, playing. Is it right wing back or left wing back? I think it's right wing back. I, I I mean I've read a lot about him, but I don't think I've ever watched him play a game, so I'm not totally. I mean I remember I mean I remember I remember his name like during Croatia's run in the World Cup a little while ago, um, and like he's you know he's been a great player, um, and so I've known about him, but I I don't think I realized he was a right wing back or played wing back. Um, I don't know if that he used to play something different and then moved to wing back, but. Um, that's the way Conte wants to play. So he, he's going to be fun to watch because he's a he's a he's a world class player. I think so. And he's coming from Inter, where Conte coached him as well. Exactly. Yeah. So he knows the system. So he's gonna he's gonna probably kind of pick things up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, could be a could be a fun one to watch and own in fantasy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tottenham have made quite a bit of moves. Yeah, Basuma, Clement Longley. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Jeez, they've. they've yeah, really brought it's gonna. Up, yeah, it might be like four new starters, like four people starting who weren't on the team last year. It might that'll be very interesting. Man, I really like Basuma. I, I hate that Tottenham gets all these players that I like, but you know it is do. what it does. They 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 really splashed the cash this off season. They really did. Conte, Conte, they're really buying into Conte, which is, I think, what you yeah. have to do. But also is scary because Conte is going to be little like <laughs> he's a little like Mourinho in that he appears and disappears very quickly. Yeah, but they have Champions League this season, so they want to have a strong squad at all times. And so they have to have, they have to pull a city and have like an incredible bench, you know? Yeah. They, that's what they're going for, I think. So. And um, notable, we should also, we should also flag notable change five subs this year. Oh yeah. That's something new that I, we should have brought up in the beginning. I wanted to bring it up. I forgot about it. Yeah. Five subs this year. Um, I don't know how I like that. I don't know. It we'll definitely fa- it favors the 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 top yeah. teams in the league. Yeah, which is kind of why I don't. Money. Which is kind of why I don't like it. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It might not end up. It might be, be it might be like a minuscule thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, but definitely has some implications in fantasy, and I'm interested to watch how those play out um, because it seems like maybe with more subs, the more opportunities your players have to play, and so that means maybe. You don't have to worry about putting too much money on your bench. Um, that's just kind of like early implications, early doors. Oh, what I'm thinking of, because those, you know, if if you have like four and a half, five million midfielders, maybe they come in to kind of like shore things up in the midfield towards the end of the game, or try to bring on an extra attacker, cheap attacker, just to bring them on to maybe nick a goal or something. So. Um, I mean, I don't know that that's how it's going to play out, but it's just something I've heard and something that I've thought about. Like, yeah, it could end up meaning that you don't have to like get sure starters on first on your bench. It could yeah. be a little bit more risky there. So yeah, that's that's a good bonus. point. Like one of one player I'm really interested in watching this year and who I've been reading will likely get more playing time this year is Cole Palmer at Manchester City. Um, yeah, who's kind of like the new Phil Foden in a way. He's like you know. Manchester City raised like minutes being managed very carefully, things like that. Um, yeah. But I think with this five sub rule, he's more likely to get yeah. the odd, you know, 20, 15 minute sub in. Yeah, that's a good point. Like having young players, because, um, yeah, with those three subs, it was like you wanted to be very, very picky about it. But with five subs, now that it opens up the door for these young players that are on the bench to maybe come on and get like the last five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, to see what they can do. And I think, at least from my perspective, watching Everton, uh, the young players don't always get a chance, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. And so hopefully this opens the door for them to uh, maybe get more minutes under their belt to help progress their career, but also to maybe make a name for themselves and like uh, put them in contention for a starting spot or maybe a more regular sub. So, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. And then the last thing I would just say, this is not a transfer into the league, but a transfer away from the league that leads to power vacuum, which is uh, Rudiger and Christensen leaving Chelsea. Ooh. 
uh, and like yeah. uh, Koulibaly seems to be coming in from Napoli, yeah. who is like the kind of you know the white whale of Premier League transfer rumors. Um, oh my gosh! Yes, uh, For real. Always linked with different teams, uh, but seems always. to be actually be happening. Uh, and they they'll probably bring in someone else, so that'll be interesting yeah. to see because their defense will be totally different. And there's yeah, talk about I, them playing a four at the back as opposed to um, mm. as opposed to like five with three center backs. So that'll be interesting. Too. Wow, wow, that'll be very interesting if they end up doing that. Maybe um, changes your mind on whether or not you want to get Chua or James or yeah. or any of the defenders, honestly, because if they have to reform their defense. They're probably going to be shaky in the beginning. I don't know. Maybe they won't be with the talent they're bringing in, but you never know. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, are there any other like major like moves? Um, we've covered City. Um, I mean, they brought Calvin Phillips in. I mean, that's kind of like more of like a functional practical type of transfer, less uh, showy, but still yeah. like. I don't know. I don't really you. know don't where know. he plays. I mean, I, I know where he plays, but I don't know how many minutes he's actually going to get. Um, yeah, this I, feels I, like I, a Nathan Ake type of thing to me. Oh, really? Yeah, because like, I don't know. I think Calvin Phillips is probably their long-term solution for that. But I thought Nathan Ake was going to be like their like center back that they were going to like try to train and like get him. Yeah. To be and there, then, like, and then they, center see, back they and then seemingly just... conjure Laporte and uh, whoever yeah. else out of thin air. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. But it's like with with Rodrigo already playing, getting that spot down. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I I don't think I don't, know, I don't, I don't expect him to played. get a lot of playing time this season. But yeah. I think he's like the kind of succession plan for the kind of yeah, you know. Obviously, Rodri will be there probably for a while, but like Fabinho, maybe Fabinho may even have left already. I don't, I can't. Yeah, remember. I think he did. I think he's gone. Um, so, yeah, I think there, I mean, there's lots of interesting, possibly interesting things happening at Manchester United, but I'm not sure how worth talking about they are because like Frankie, <laughs> yeah. Frankie, Frankie De Jong hasn't come in yet. And that uh, has been the worst. Gosh, I hate that. I hate that saga Honestly, so much. Everything, with it. everything related to Ronaldo, Barcelona, everything related to Barcelona is making me feel so yucky. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like such an absolutely toxic place right now. I mean, both Manchester United and Barcelona, but <laughs> I think, I think in particular Barcelona. Like, oh golly. Yeah, it just feels. I don't know. There's just like some. I don't know. I, it just feels like we're going to watch it collapse. You know? I it mean, just I, feels like it's going to just fall apart. It, to me, it all feels like it hangs on whether Cristiano, 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 Ronaldo, not Cristiano, um, whether he stays or not. Like, if he. Oh, no, I'm talking about Barcelona is going to collapse. Oh, 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 okay, yeah. They're just like, and it seems like. I don't know. I've just also heard some some other like risky financial thing that they did with like. Yeah, tying like, up certain uh, TV rights or something. It's like well, they like cash they cash in on bet. on like oh, twenty five percent of their yeah. you know you know right ten year TV rights deal or something like that. Um, yeah, so it's like well, they're gonna spend it all this in, in the transfer windows, and then like I don't know, it just feels like they're not really doing things very well. So I don't know, 
but yeah, with Ronaldo and United, I, that's another thing that I hate. Like just, I'm, I, at this point, I'm just ready for him to be retired. Like just get out yeah. of our, just get out of here. We don't want you in here anymore. Yeah. Just be done. Just be done. You don't want to be anywhere that can, that is willing to pay your wages. So I don't know, like, I, like when his contract runs up at United, I don't know where he goes. No one wants him. No, <laughs> it feels like no one. It feels like no one can afford him, or they don't want him. So, so yeah, it's like, and, what and he, he do? clearly he, and he clearly doesn't want to stay, even though he's contracted yeah. for next year. He's like not in training, and, and like he that. only wants to play Champions League. So it's like, all right, well, there's the talk light. about him going to Napoli, which is like so weird because it's like. Yeah. They they have Champions League, but they don't have much other than Champions League. So it's like, yeah. why? Well, I, I don't know. Just so weird. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool have made a quite a few transfers. Mane's gone, um, and then they brought in Darwin Nunez, and uh, who did they bring in? Who else other, did they bring in? Other than Darwin Nunez, yeah. I mean, they brought in Luis Diaz earlier on. I feel like there was someone else that they. Um, brought in that I'm blanking on. Um, I can't remember. Oh, they brought in Jed Spence. I think. No, 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 that's Tottenham. Oh, really? Oh, I thought. Oh. Well, Tottenham have been working on that for a while. Oh. Um, no, I thought there was someone else, but let me check. There's probably a big one that we're missing. Yeah, they did a lot of stuff early on, so I'm forgetting um, what they've done. Uh, Fabio um, Carvalho from Fulham. Is that it? Um, Maybe there's more. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, they've still got a pretty stacked squad. Yeah. Nunez, and um, I'm excited to see how he plays. Um, he seems to be he seems to be a pretty good player. So. It'll be it'll be exciting to watch him. It seems like they just have like, it seems like they've brought in players with Jota and um, Diaz and Nunez to kind of like they're sticking with the same formation. Like you know when when it was the big three of Salah, Mane, and Firmino, like they've just basically found replacements for all of them. So that it's not like they're having to shift strategies really that much. It seems like, you know, Diaz is going to be on the left where Mane played. Nunez can play, Nunez can play down the middle and like be that Firmino type. Like it just seems like they've, they're just like rotating in younger players. Jota can play kind of anywhere. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of scary to watch them like make these moves. Yeah. Just ruthlessly efficient. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So maybe one way of transitioning away from that is to ask who um, are there any teams or who do you expect to be in the top four? Maybe is the way of asking that. Yeah. And, I, and don't, in what, I don't in know what that places. I, oh, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Um, I'm going to say. We're not, these are not our official nah. like predictions, for instance, for the winner of the Premier League, but at I'm going to say, okay. So I'm going to say, um, City one, Liverpool two, Tottenham three, Arsenal four, Chelsea five. Interesting. I mean, that would be really that would be cool, honestly. I would love to see Arsenal in the top four. 
I think Arsenal will get top four in that. Okay. I'm going to go City one, Tottenham two. Oh, yes. I, now we're moving. Liverpool, now we're cooking. Liverpool three. And I think it's, I think realistically it'll be Chelsea four, but I would like to see okay. Arsenal four. Oh, man. Why did I even put Liverpool second? What am I thinking? I'm such a bad Evertonian. I think, I I think this is Conte's year, though. I think Conte's going to. Yeah, gonna I think Conte gets second place. Man, okay. Yeah, I can. I don't know. It'll be tough. It'll be what if, very what if tough. Spurs win the league? Oh, I would. I would love it. Please do. Amazing. I hope that they do. Oh, that Honestly, would be so that's, amazing. That to me, that's like that's one what of I the want. best timelines. Yeah, that is what I want out of the things that are remotely possible. You know, yeah. there are some things that I want that can that are obviously never going to happen. But um, I, Everton, that is Everton like in the that, Champions League spot. Yeah, exactly. Everton in the Europa Conference League <laughs> spot. Everton in the top ten. None of this is happening. Um, a manager that, other than Frank Lampard. I am fine with Frank Lampard right now. Just let oh, him really? do his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just we'll, let talk him do his more, thing. we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, let's give him. Let's give him the summer. Give him about six months, and then reassess later. I I kind of hope we just give him the whole year. But wow. enough about enough about the boring topics. I do um, like I do like the official CGFPL position being we want Tottenham to win the league. Yes. That's our en- endorsement of not not saying that they're going to but we want them to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think we'd all be pretty happy if they did. Obviously you spuds would be pretty happy, but I think everyone else would be happy too, but I mean I guess not Reed. Reed wouldn't be happy. Right. Um because he wants Liverpool to win, which I think they also have a pretty decent shot, but it would be so fun to have someone other than Liverpool or City win because that hasn't happened for, what, like four or five years? So, since I think since yeah. Chelsea with Conte, right? Uh, someone other than Liverpool or City win. Um, yeah, because it was... Yeah, I think so. It's been City, City, Liverpool, City, right? Yeah, that sounds right to me. Like City, City, Liverpool, City, and then it I would think, have been Chelsea before then, but I can't. It was I Chelsea, it was but Conte. I'm pretty sure it was Conte. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. So, yeah, that's where we're at with that. Um, let's keep going. Let's let's. What what other questions do we have? Well, I think the very last question is. Um, uh, bu- 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 I'd love to hear you boys talk about the economy of differentials, like how much it matters to have or not have the heavy hitters. Um, that someone else here has at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, good. So it's at the beginning of the season, right? Is that what yes, but uh, yes, but I think we can also like expand well, that out too. I was going to say it kind of depends on if it's the beginning of the season or just regular like throughout the season. Um, Let's take the beginning of the season then. All right. So the economy of having differentials, like how how do we approach it? So at the beginning of the season. So I think I might be taking a different approach this year. Um, I'm trying to minimize what differentials I have. I'm trying to be as um, kind of, to use the term, basic. <laughs> um, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be as basic as possible because uh, I think I want to try to. This is just me talking. I want to try to go with what I know. Um, and 
and then go and then move on from there. Um, I've been burned in the past with going with differentials in the beginning. So for me, I don't want to buy into that. Now, with that said, I think that you are still comfortable. Um, you still have wiggle room for like at least one differential, one or two um, in the beginning and still not get burned too terribly bad. Um, so if you want to be on the conservative end, you probably don't have um, any differentials or maybe one, um, but you can probably throw in another one there and still be okay. Um, the thing that, it, the other thing that I want to say is it also depends on how you, how you judge a good season. So are you judging a good season based on your overall rank, like how you play against everyone in the world, or are you really focused on this league? Cause if you're focused on the league, then you have more flexibility. I think if you're focused only on the league, um, then you can have more differentials um, and still be relatively safe. Um, but if you're focused more on the overall rank perspective, which that's typically how I play, um, because I figure if I'm doing well overall in the world, then I'm probably doing well in the league. Um, so I don't necessarily revolve my strategy. Okay, hold on. Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to wait. Okay, or as a kind of like third, um, a third option, as opposed to what Evan said, um, you could think about yourself a good season in terms of the your overall status in the world. Your a good season is related to your status in the league, but also like a good season could just be you having fun playing the game in which case differentials mean different things. And you're thinking about more the players that you want to have on your team. This is something that I know Reed has talked about before when we've had him on the pod is, you know, kind of balancing wanting to do well and also uh, wanting to have certain players. And I think Jay, you asked this question. And so um, with your Tottenham rule, I think the question of differentials is, is slightly different for you. Um, yeah. Um, the other thing I would just say for uh, if, if any of you are kind of like tapping in even a little bit to like fantasy Premier League discourse in general, either on Twitter or in podcasts or whatever, um, or on different sites, um, <laughs> sites, uh, um, uh, just be cognizant that there tends to be a lot of like herd mentality kind of group think that goes on about certain players or certain aspects of the game and that those aren't necessarily always great. And so, you know, you'll get everyone swearing up and down that this player or that player is the player to go to. Um, and it comes to seem like that's the only possible option. And just remember that that's just, you know, a series of opinions and that um, uh, there are lots of different ways to play the game. Uh, the last thing I would say, just kind of piggybacking off of what Evan said and maybe like presenting a slightly different strategy with relation to differentials is I myself am looking for differentials, but my qualification for differentials is that I need to be reasonably sure that they're going to start game week one. Um, so I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not really looking at many players or I don't think any players who were brought in from other leagues over the off season 
because I don't know that they're going to start. And I think, you know, a player like Gabriel Jesus is very uh, appealing to me because um, he's a known quantity in the Premier League. I have a fairly good idea of how he plays, and I'm fairly certain that he will start game week one based on my viewing of him. So he would be someone I would be interested in. Same with someone like Marcus Rashford or whatever, um, even Raheem Sterling, right? Um, these are players who qualify as differentials because they're not going to be owned that highly. Um, and there's some jeopardy in the fact that they switch teams, but because they switch teams within the league, I'm a little bit more inclined to, um, and because I'm, I'm reasonably certain Sterling less so, um, but like with someone like Rashford, um, it seems like he has a decent chance of starting. And if it seems like going into game week one, that he has a good chance of starting, then I'm more likely to, um, have him on the team. Uh, so yeah, so that's, those are some things about differentials. Let me take a look at the questions, see if there's anything else I can address um, currently. Well, it looks like that's all we've got for today. Um, and so we're going to just go ahead and wrap this up. It was great to uh, get your questions, be able to talk about them. Um, and yeah, look forward to potting uh, with you again, Evan, soon. Thanks. Good potting with you. Um, we'll talk soon. Yeah, that's great. We'll talk soon. Um, all right. So until next time, it's bye from me and bye from me. Uh, bye, y'all.